This podcast is brought to you by Glow Anti-Aging. I've been going to Glow for the past two years and love the environment. I always feel refreshed and rejuvenated every time I leave. To maximize convenience and comfort, you can now pamper yourself at home by shopping all your favorite products online at gloantiaging.com and use the code OurHockeyLife for 10% off. Hey there, it's Codette LaBarbera and Bridget Whitney. We are pretty pumped to invite you to eavesdrop while we chat with some of our favorite badasses in and beyond the hockey world. The arena goal horn doesn't blow when people have success off the ice, so we want to blow it here. Did you say blow? Oh, I might have. Codette likes to rap while eating kale and chewing healthy juice on her way to Super Momet, sell real estate, or change the world one philanthropic moment at a time. Bridge smashes coffee and makes up the words to her favorite songs, needs to set an alarm on her phone for almost every appointment in life because she's always late. She's busy managing her three kids, dancing addiction, and website for pro hockey families. If we lived together, we would high-five each other at 4.45 a.m. when I'm just getting up and Bridget is headed to bed, each a vampire in our own right. Both of us love our families, each other, and our insanely awesome hockey community. So pour yourselves a drink of choice and saddle up because the boys aren't the only ones with stories. Hey, everyone. We have a treat for you today with another champion woman in our hockey family. We extend a huge welcome to Keisha Morway today. At only 29 years old, she has already lived a life of excellence. She's an elite overall athlete, a D1 NCAA champion, and retired pro soccer player with the Chicago Red Stars. Her and her fiance, Riley Sheehan, center for the Buffalo Sabres, are busy navigating their hockey life together, and she's here to fill us in on everything she's up to. So hi, Keisha, I'm Bridget, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. And I'm Codette. We've been we've been following you for a bit, creeping on you. So it's nice to kind of like get to actually chat with you. <laughs> I feel the same way. I feel like I know you and your sons. <laughs> you, uh, I was just telling Kodak with your. I mean, we try and stay a little chronological, but with you just talking about uh, Kodak's boys right off the bat, you have your um, master's master of arts in teaching. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. And then with a special interest in special education? Yeah, yeah. So it's actually, um, I actually do have a connection to you, Kodet, with that because your son is autistic, right? Yeah. So um, I actually had a work experience when we were living in Detroit where I was like a one-on-one aide for a sixth grade boy named George. And so I was with him all day, every day, and he was on the autism spectrum. And that experience is what kind of made me want to include that in my educational journey too so oh amazing I love that yeah yeah hoping to eventually like segue into a career in education but it's tough with hockey because I can't commit anything <laughs> really yeah exactly I have to this is slightly embarrassing but um I when you texted that you had MAT I wasn't sure what the acronym was I don't know if we have that degree in Canada to be honest because you get you can get you edu- you get your education degree to teach, and then if you get a master's in education, then you can hold administrative positions. But I don't know if I had heard of the MAT in Canada. I could be wrong. People are probably going to be like, "You're a jackass, Bridget." No, yeah, I think it's very different <laughs> in terms of the structure with Canada. Because I I finished this program and was like ready to go find a classroom, and then we signed with Edmonton. So I ended up in Canada and then I was like, well, I can't even teach here if I wanted to. So yeah, there's different, different uh, parameters for sure. Oh uh, yeah. That's a lot. Okay. Let's go all the way back. We always okay. try and like I said, we try and go chronological, but here I am. I already jumped to like the now and <laughs> now we're going to backpedal. 
Um, okay, so you grew up in Illinois. Yes. You are one of five kids sitting right. in the middle. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so fun though. I love big families. I'm, I'm not going to birth a big family myself, but <laughs> like, I think it's fun growing up with like all those dynamics. What was that like? Are there, do you have um, brothers, sisters, both? So I, like I said, I'm smack dab in the middle. I have one older brother who's just older than me. And then the oldest is a sister and then two younger sisters. Okay. So one boy. One boy. One boy. Are you, are you all athletes? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, no one is anymore, but um, all my sisters and I played soccer pretty intensely. And my brother's sport was baseball. And he's one of those people that is a freak athlete but just like doesn't want to commit to like all the rigmarole of playing a sport. So he never like took it super seriously, but he could always beat us in everything we ever did. <laughs> could he like beat you in running though? You are fast as hell. I've been, <laughs> I have been doing my homework. <laughs> Holy shit, girl. Um, no, I, I might have been able to beat him in a sprint. One -on -one. <laughs> oh my God. So Keisha held the, um, do you still hold the record? This is for the 100 meter and 200 meter in your high school area. <laughs> my face is bright red. Um, maybe at my high school, I'd have to double check, but that was literally decades ago. So what was your time? Let's just chat about it. I don't even know if I could run down this, like, I don't know. I'd pee my pants if I tried running right now. <laughs> I cannot off the top of my head tell you my time to be honest, okay. because I kind of removed myself from my track days. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. How were your, I always wonder this with like multiple kids and like you said, you guys were all athletes and sounds like pretty great athletes at that. Um, how do you, how were your parents? What were they like? Were they really intense or was it just kind of low key? They were like mellow because we were so intense. At least I was. Um, <laughs> So they kind of had to balance me out with uh, my intense emotions around soccer. But yeah, they were never uh, those parents that were like screaming or embarrassing me. So, um, and I think all my siblings would agree. So. Oh, that's good. So how did they juggle? Like one of our friends has five kids and juggling getting to all the activities and like getting to watch, was it even possible? Yeah. So being the middle child, I traveled as an orphan, we called it a lot where you'd like join another family for the weekend or whatever. Uh -huh. Cause like with how much I was traveling and um, obviously the responsibilities of my other siblings, they couldn't come to everything, um, but they definitely did their best. But that, that was tough. I don't know how they did it. I look back and I'm like, I don't know how you guys were in five places at once. It's crazy. There's such a divide and conquer with busy families, large families, even smaller, like even with us, with, we've got three kids. And at one time, all three were playing in competitive sports. So um, we, you do just kind of divide and conquer. And like you said, with like you kind of, you're the orphan kid. Yeah. Parents really uh, pull together, you know, team parents really do that too. Like, I just need to keep bragging on you. And I know this because I had a daughter that played at a high level of soccer too. Um, and you like on your club team, four consecutive state championships. Is that yes. right? Okay. We were, we were, <laughs> we were state champions um yeah no my club team was like Riley will laugh if and when he listens to this because I still love to talk about my club soccer team because they were like my family and like that was my peak I would like to say 
And so, yeah, we were, we were pretty good. We pretty much owned Illinois, I will say. And then um, we had a few national appearances too. We actually won the youth national championship the summer before I left for college. So that was like a good way to end my youth career. No kidding. Amazing. That's so great. And like Bridge said, like bragging, like she wants to talk about it. So like, (laughs) let's just like list off all the amazing things right off the bat, like that you've done, but take it because, you know, like we always, like the guys always get talked about and the girls like, it's like, you know what? He can laugh at you about your soccer all you want, but like, it's really impressive. Yeah. So go with it. Yeah. So what happened after club? You were, you were clearly scouted highly in your high school career and then right into college at Notre Dame. Yep. Um, yeah, the recruitment process for me was very interesting. My club team, um, had a really good process and a reputation. So we all had a lot of like opportunities in terms of where we could have gone. Um, pretty much my whole team, just to give some perspective, everybody on my team went and played division one somewhere. So it was a pretty, like, pretty high level group. Um, but yeah, so deciding where to go was challenging for me. Um, I chose Notre Notre Dame ultimately because they were really, really good at the time. And I just wanted to win. I told you guys before I'm like super competitive. So I was like, where can I go where I have a shot to, you know, win a championship and hopefully obviously get playing time. And so checking those boxes, but I will say, I didn't have like school and life balance on my radar. I was like all soccer, let's go. So Mm -hmm. things kind (laughs) of, I actually ended up leaving Notre Dame um, and transferring to Colorado College um, after the first two years, so. And why did you do that? I did, like I said, I just, going into college, I didn't think about what I wanted academically or even just like daily life. And I felt like, I mean, anyone who is a high-level athlete has to balance everything, but Notre Dame was tough for me because it was basically like having a full-time job and then being expected to maintain a high level of academic success too without being provided all the resources that we maybe needed. And not everyone had that experience, but I just, I craved a little bit more of a balance because I knew soccer wasn't going to be like, the end all be all for me. So um, I ended up transferring and it was great. I loved Colorado so much better. Yeah. So two years at Notre Dame, you said? Yep. Two years there and then two years at CC. Okay. Did you then um, along your two-year path at Notre Dame, did you, did you kind of know at that point what you wanted to study? Yeah. So that was another reason why I ended up kind of leaving because I wanted to do education and I don't know what it's like now at Notre Dame but back then they didn't have a direct like education department at Notre Dame so I had to go across the street to St. Mary's which is an all-girls like school for education classes so like school was super important to me like and doing well in it was super important to me um so when I couldn't like execute at a hundred percent in everything I really really struggled with that so when I went to Colorado College, the level of soccer wasn't as high. Um, there's still Division One for women's soccer and men's hockey, ironically. So they're still at a high level. It's just different expectations. And it, I just found it to be much more like freeing. Okay. Yeah. Would you say that Notre Dame then, that their goal as a whole with their athletic program is to boost and push people into the pro or national level? Yeah. Like I had a, a lot of, I had a lot of teammates that um, 
got some really awesome opportunities, whether it was with the national team or um, playing in the NWSL after. But I think it's more so just like they, like they're a competitive D1 school and they want to stay that way in terms of recruiting and just, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful place and an awesome school. It just wasn't like the perfect fit for who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not for everyone. And then so after um, CC, then you went, did you go play pro right after that? Yeah, so I ended up, because I, I lost a couple credits in my transfer, so I actually had to stay an extra semester at CC, so I went back and finished, and then trained there with the team for a tryout with the Chicago team that following spring, so I kind of jumped right into it. Okay. Awesome. So then how, what's that process like when you sign with a pro team? Were you, is, was that your goal? Like growing up playing soccer, was your goal to play pro soccer, play on the national team, compete in the yeah. Olympics? Yeah, it was pretty funny oh. because I actually had this letter that one of my like homeroom teachers made me write to myself from like eighth grade. And it was like, I want to go, I want to play division one soccer. I want to be a professional soccer player, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, so I always thought it would be really cool. And then um, I had actually trained with the Red Stars in my summers, like when I was home from school and before they were brought back into what is now the NWSL. So I had a little bit of exposure to kind of who I'd be playing with, who would be coaching. And yeah, I was definitely excited to get the chance to play in Chicago too. It was really cool. Yeah, that's exciting when it's kind of your home home area yeah Yeah. did you was it a one-year contract how how do soccer contracts typically go yeah so back then it was just one year and I was not I was technically making money but not really (laughs) yeah how hard is that do they pay for anything else uh housing or anything no so I will say they have come a long way even since my time playing in terms of like what they're able to provide for these women but um, when I was there, it was pretty, pretty bare minimum. And I was somebody who like made the team via tryout. So I wasn't like a, a top um, prospect or anything of that nature. So um, yeah, so nothing really additional other than, you know, just saying that you got to a level where you got paid to play your sport. Pretty cool. Like I- and in, your home, in your home state too. Yeah. And it was really cool because- um, obviously my club was in Chicago too. So seeing a bunch of younger girls come and like, like cheer for me specifically because I was part of the club they play for now was really fun too. So that's exciting. Did you do any coaching along the way? Like afterwards? I mean, yeah, I actually coached a little, uh, little soccer team in Plymouth, Michigan, when we were in Detroit, just some of my neighbors, um, found out that I played soccer and kind of roped me into it but it was really really fun and we were undefeated and won (laughs) hallelujah (laughs) look at that yeah yeah other than that I haven't done much much coaching no like you were saying it's not like you're making a lot of bank necessarily I know some are but um do a lot of the women have a job as well or is that absolutely impossible yeah so I think during season it's pretty much impossible to have anything um more than maybe like part-time if you're willing to really stretch your energy levels. But um, yeah, I think a lot of girls now will play in this league and then go overseas and play like kind of switching um, seasons. So they're able to be making money year round and also staying fit and training. Um, I think that's the most popular route, but 
yeah, I, yeah, I feel like a lot of people were juggling a lot of things while I was playing because it wasn't like a lucrative um, mm -hmm. experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to, right? Did you ever play soccer bridge? Uh, no, I did not. Too much running, not enough scoring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I feel like I could not do it. My, my my town that I grew up in is like a big soccer town and I just did I did not do it. I played basketball. I played basketball and volleyball in high school. So like a, a quick sprint and score a basket, that was perfect. Yeah, I know. 10 yeah, second sprint, great. score, yeah. <laughs> back down you go. But all that running. And you were a defender too. So like she is she is a badass. And I only like I said, my daughter hung up her cleats at 17, but um I was really enjoying watching her those last I mean, I enjoyed watching her because she was a little competitor and just a beast out there, but she played uh, left back, I think, or right back. I don't even know. Regardless, she was fast. And I know you have to be quick back there so you can recover and also like carry it up. It's yeah. an amazing position. And you shut down a lot of people. Again, I've been totally, Ray was laughing at me. So <laughs> leading up to our conversation, I'm sitting here, Ray goes, are you doing your homework? I'm like, yes. And then I was like listing your stats. The fact that you were, I'm going to say this wrong. I wrote it down, so I better read it. Um, <laughs> your rookie year, soccer American freshman, All-American team. Like, yeah. that's, she was, she, like, she <laughs> no. was, as a rookie, she was out there all the time. 19 starts out of 20, out of 25. Played yeah. all Anyways, you're a beast. I love <laughs> it. It's funny because we always get all these girls that are so competitive. And when you're like, I'm competitive, we're like, mm, another one. Yeah. Like, yeah. Literally, there are. <laughs> I love that you're like, I'm so competitive. You even will cry if you're competing with Riley with something. <laughs> yes, I, there's one time specifically, like we were just playing some friendly tennis, like <laughs> out in the summer and I just, yeah, I lost it. I can't. <laughs> Might've been friendly tennis for him, but in your eyes, it's like. Yeah, and then he's, he's just like cracking up. I have tears streaming down my cheeks and I'm like, <laughs> you are horrible. Like just let me win <laughs> yeah you wouldn't be happy though if he just let you win right, right? but now whenever I do win like occasionally we'll play soccer tennis which is more oh. in my house and I can beat him at that but then I'm like was this legit or did you like take your foot off the gas and so I have to confirm it now because sometimes <laughs> I, just, I just don't know <laughs> that was hilarious. when did you meet him like what part in your life yeah so we met at Notre Dame actually oh, so okay I always joke that like, he's the best thing about me going to Notre Dame, but he <laughs> truly is. Um, we met at the, well, we've met sporadically during my freshman year, but we really like got to know each other sophomore, my sophomore year, his junior year. Okay. So did he, was he going to the soccer games and he was like, oh yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess you could say that. I was because I would if I was watching. I was like, mm -hmm. <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, no, I was pretty like <laughs> anti hockey guys to be honest, just because I was like afraid of them. Everyone is. Everyone says that they're like, no hockey guys, and they're like, oh hi, hockey guys. <laughs> yeah, but Riley's super sweet and obviously won me over, and we had a lot of fun. But it's funny because we met there, but when we started dating, I think we were only there together after for like a couple of months before he left to go play for the Griffins in Grand Rapids. So we dated for like a few months and then we're long distance for years. So wow. Crazy. Uh, so then when would you when would you visit? So I would visit um literally 
any like break that I had. So it actually, okay, so rewind. Um, he left and then I finished that semester at Notre Dame and that was when I transferred. So I actually made it harder on us because I went farther away in more time zones, so Colorado. And then I would come and fly to see him on what we called like block breaks because classes were three and a half weeks. So you'd get like a long weekend at the end of each block. So I tried to use those to my advantage. Um, but yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a lot of back and forth. Yeah. yeah. That's a challenge for sure. And then you started playing pro right out of college. So then that had to be difficult too. You're not taking the breaks that you don't get block breaks when you're playing pro soccer. Yeah. Yeah. You can't just go do whatever you want. Yeah. That was definitely challenging because I was, I was living at home too. So it was like, looking back now, I didn't give myself enough credit for like what I was doing. Cause it was, it was so hard for me comparing like what I was trying to do with what, like the lifestyle and things that Riley, you know, uh, gets yeah. to do as a professional athlete. And I just felt like, you know, my stuff wasn't quite as legit. So it's hard for me yeah. to take it as seriously. And looking back now, I'm like, oh, Keisha, like <laughs> whatever. But it's, yeah, in the moment it was really hard because I was like, I still live at home. I can't even like get an apartment right now and like live a separate life and like do the things that I need to do to train. Like it was, it was a lot. So yeah, that's intense. You're, you're a professional athlete. You're training no less than he is. And yet yeah. he's on a completely different path, not a different path, but I guess just as far as income, yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, you would love to continue to play soccer and make a kick-ass living like like these men do. What's yeah. your take on this? I know this is a huge topic. We don't like, but what is your take on equality and pay in women's sports? Yeah. I mean, I am so proud of just like how far women's soccer has come, even since you know my playing days, and just how how hard all of those women have worked to get themselves in these positions to make more money and kind of have the chance to back up their demands. Like they're all super talented and super deserving and like incredibly athletic and amazing individuals who do a lot of things outside of soccer that are also like amazing too. So yeah, I think equal pay, I'm a proponent for equal pay for sure. I think that all the same sacrifices are being made. And I mean, at the risk of sounding a little, a little too feminist, like women also have babies and then mm -hmm. train and come back and keep their playing spot. Like that is insane. It's insane. Well, that's the thing. Like once you have kids, like nothing changes for the guys really ever in kind of yeah. a lot of situations. I shouldn't say ever, but you know, for us, it's like, okay, now we just have to like figure out how to navigate yeah. the home life and professional life. But it's a lot. And when, when you said too, as at the risk of sounding like not sounding uber feminist, or I, I don't even know if that's the right term, but um, it's difficult because the money that the players are making, are, if we're talking about the men, the fans are coming and that type of revenue that, is, that the business has is able to pay these guys. And then for the women, I mean, the marketing is great. I don't know how many fans you guys drew. So I, I see where that is just sure. as far as like the business model goes, but it's really, yeah. to your point, you're working equally as hard as, as the men. It's so tricky. I hope it gets there for women in sports, yeah. but it's going to be a huge effort. You've got to sell the, you have to sell the sport. And yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it's hard with, um, like even with this hockey season right now, like I've got a firsthand glimpse of like 
all the ins and outs of how a revenue change can totally restructure an entire league. So I can only imagine how difficult it is for female sports in that regard and trying to give the players what they want, but also facing that reality that, yeah, we just got to get more attendance at these games and more interest and right. all the things. So I think they're on the right trajectory though. And I just, like I said before, I just have so much respect for all of the, you know, us Canadian women's national team players that are really like spearheading just all of these, you mm-hmm. know, opportunities for the next generation. Probably Agreed. Too. They really are. They're killing it. When you made the decision to retire and hang up your cleats, how did that go for you? What was that process like? After that season, I was not very like convinced that I wanted to like, (laughs) sounds bad, but wanted to work that hard, like to do that. And Mm -hmm. so when I decided to retire, it was almost like, okay, I'm good. Like I accomplished something that Mm -hmm. I, you know, didn't, have to um or that a lot of my peers you know didn't get the opportunity to even try so that's a good way to you know end end my soccer career so I was, I was pretty content honestly and then it was just a matter of figuring out what else I could be just as good at because when you spend years and years and years of your life so laser focused on one thing that I had to really like figure out what else I was drawn to and what else I could see myself devoting that same energy and passion to. Right. Did, did you feel a little lost? Um, yeah, def- I definitely had phases where I was like, I don't know what else I'm even like good at. I, I'm like, okay, at a lot of things, but I was like, you know, there's no, I haven't found a, anything that replicates the opportunity to be like, that close with that group of women um besides you know being part of the wags community for lack of a better term um but yeah I haven't been able to find anything to like get my competitive juices flowing that same way but yeah I never I I truly have never regretted hanging them up when I did and People ask me if I miss soccer and I miss things about soccer, but I don't miss being sore or doing headers or (laughs) getting my shins kicked or things like that. So Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I ended on a completely content note, I would say. That's great. I kind of think what you're saying is exactly what Ray said when he retired. So no matter what age you are, when you retire, when you're an elite athlete or, or whatever, whatever field that you work in, I think these are the questions that arise. Like, what am I going to love as much as I, I did doing that? And yeah. the same thing, like the camaraderie and the competitiveness. And I have no doubt. What are you, 29? How old are you? How young are you? <laughs> I'm 29. Yeah. When, you can, you, when you can say that you retire at 29, you have a <laughs> lifetime ahead of you of <laughs> amazing things, you know, that, and, and so, many, so many doors will open, I'm sure. For sure. Yeah. Like, and it's so important to be mentally ready too, right? Like it's good that you're so mentally at peace with, like, you're not like sitting there, like what could have been like, you're like, okay, what's next? Yeah, for sure. So then when did you decide to move into hockey life, egg life? Yeah. So after my Red Stars stint, I actually stayed in Chicago for another year because I wanted to um, like prove to myself that I was good on my own, which I'm really glad that I did. I actually worked as a um, 
I was like the athletics liaison at a college. So I was part of the admissions department, but I worked specifically with athletic recruits for this institution. So it was kind of a really cool niche job that I had found. And then I did that for a year and then I moved in with Riley in Michigan after that. See, I have mad respect for that, that you said you just wanted to see if you could do it on your own for a year. And I think that's, that's so important. Yeah. I think honestly, like (laughs) for anybody listening who doesn't know, like you spend probably 70% of your time alone when you don't have children yet, when you're in, you know, a hockey relationship anyway, because the guys are gone so much and at the rink so much. So I feel like that phase of my life where I was like completely doing my own thing was such a good way to prepare because I am totally good. Like living here by myself in Buffalo, I don't know anyone. I'm good. I can just exist and function and, you know, it's helped me with be able to adapt to all the different places we've gone to because I know I can just, I can function with and without Riley here physically. Yeah, I agree 100%. We just had this conversation um, on a recent podcast with a guest. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've always been independent and I didn't realize how independent I needed to be to live the hockey life because you really do. Oh, totally. Like, yeah, you said like you're you're alone 70% of the time. And I, like one of my favorite questions from people over Jason's career was like, do you travel with them? I'm like, oh God, no, like, <laughs> like, absolutely not. Like first off break by second off, they're not even in one city for like 24 hours sometimes, like on a normal schedule. Right. So I'm like, no, but yeah, you are, you're so independent. Like I am hundred percent the driveway shoveler. Like there's just, mm-hmm. there's no question. Like you just have to do everything you have to be okay with it ray actually hung his first picture with me this last summer on the wall at our lake house wow congratulations! he had never hung a picture before you guys <laughs> does he know how to do it like did he know he needed a i mean there like... was some arguing happening because i had out <laughs> my uh the level and i'm trying to measure things and he was just laughing i'm like this is oh. actually your first time ray i think we had a glass of champagne after to toast his success incredible i should i'll send you guys a picture of jason putting i wanted a new toilet paper like holder i have to send you a picture like it is just embarrassing like and there's like pencil lines it's like hanging i'm like oh god he's a perfectionist yeah i was gonna say at least he had the pencil out there trying to like but that's it. all you see when you're taking your toilet paper <laughs> like you're getting the toilet paper it's just like pencil marks around the damn thing don't you own an eraser erase that shit i know but you know what it's kind of funny <laughs> it brings you joy every time you look at it. <laughs> that's incredible so you've now have entered um kind of a new a different phase too are you doing nutrition coaching when did you decide to um or you're currently getting certified to be a nutrition coach? So, okay. I literally cannot sit still. So every time we've ended up in a new city or on a new team, I immediately try to find something to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So when we moved to Edmonton, I couldn't work because in the past I had, you know, I will do anything. I'm not too proud. Like I worked at a after school daycare in Pennsylvania. I worked um, at an elementary school in Michigan and I would just try to get my foot in the door in education in any way that I could. And then when we went to Edmonton, I couldn't do that. Um, so I, I, I started a nutrition um, coaching certification program that was supposed to be like a few months 
So I did that to finish that and it was super interesting, but not quite like exactly what I could see myself um, like doing as a, you know, eventual possible career. And then I, I recently decided to do um, the personal training certification because I'm just like, I'm very active individual mm-hmm. and it just kind of aligns with what I like to do anyway. And I have a pretty, pretty strong foundation in a lot of the content from just existing as an athlete so it's been pretty fun and I'm actually really excited about combining the two with nutrition and obviously training people and then yeah so I'm almost done with that so I'm pretty excited about that good for you you. it's also great for personal growth and like you said like you can't work sometimes so you just continue to be a student of life and um, learn all these different things that you can to pass along and I love your posts Mm-hmm. Um, just following your fitness journey and I like your challenges and I've screenshot a few and re- trying to remind myself to go back. I haven't, I clearly need to, <laughs> but, um, it's just easy to follow and you're so pleasant mm-hmm. and, um, I don't know. It's, it's yeah. cool. I like it. I, you're right. It is easy to follow bridge. Sorry. Side note. Then where's Riley from? Riley's from St. Catharines, Ontario. So, oh, okay. So then you eventually you guys will have to figure out where, and then like, so say you end up living in Canada, then you do need to. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, we're supposed to get married sometime um, with COVID. I don't know, but um, eventually like that will help make that uh, transition easier too, for me to be able to have like work opportunities in Canada. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we don't know where we're going to land yet. So that's a whole. Don't even, don't even worry about that. Like take that, literally take that out of your brain until, yeah. until he decides he's finished playing. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Because you were killing me all summer with your lake posts. I'm like, oh, yeah. Looks so nice and peaceful and just so fun and easy for you guys. Yeah. And we sold that place, actually. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's beautiful and perfect. And then we sold it. Um, No, it was like the perfect place because we closed on that house in February and then the world shut down in March. So we literally drove from Edmonton to Ontario. and just moved in and got to experience our new house, like just us, which would not have been the case if things were normal. So in that regard, it was kind of a blessing. Um, But yeah, then we just enjoyed the summer there. And I spent the time he was in the bubble in this like glass house in the woods by myself. (laughs) I was like, this is fine. You're like, I haven't seen this movie before. Right. Isn't there a movie called like The Lake House where she dies? Yeah. <laughs> and Glass House too. There's one. Yeah. yeah so so everything was fine. Um, You're yeah. Then we had the opportunity to, you know, put it on the market because it, it was just crazy up there what you could, um, you know, sell things for. So we did it. And I ended up being smart with the way this season kind of went anyway. So now we're just got to find something before the season ends to figure out in. where you're going yeah yeah we're hoping to buy a spot in Chicago so I'm really excited about that oh okay oh, that's exciting what a cool city uh we were just noticing too Codette and I were chatting earlier I think you had a post with your dog named Ryder yes and your dog has lived in 16 homes which yeah. means that you have also lived in 16 technically homes. yeah <laughs> uh either you move uh, like have to move a lot for hockey or you guys are just really bad tenants <laughs> um yeah no we have not I will say have been the best planners when it comes to like the off season we spent one summer um in Chicago and I think we lived in like five different places because we just 
couldn't like find somewhere that would let us stay for such a weird amount of time. So we had to like kind of Airbnb hop or um, do like a short-term rental. So we're getting better, but that was, yeah, that's why the total is so high. <laughs> it's very impressive. <laughs> that comes with a mental toll though. That's a lot of moving around. It's kind of always nice in the summer to just like take a deep breath and be somewhere. But when you're a free agent, as you guys were this past summer, right? In such an odd time, how did that feel? Like, I just, I know that I spent a lot of those free agency summers wishing the time away because I just wanted to know where he was going to sign and where we were going to live. How yeah. was that for you mentally this summer? Well, this summer faded into this fall, which faded into this winter. So that was a super bizarre experience because we literally were just training and waiting and training and waiting. And then, you know, it was just, we didn't even know when or if this season was going to happen. So that was an added element of stress for both of us. And obviously when, when Riley is, you know, stressed and unsure and nervous, so am I times a million. So yeah, it was definitely challenging. And I think at the end of the day, we were just like, we just vote, we will go anywhere for this short season. It's just a matter of like finding a place that fits and you have an opportunity and, you know, we'll make it work, but yeah. Are you guys allowed to go to games there? Not yet. There was just a like note that um, they might consider opening <clears throat> the arena to a certain amount of fans. So maybe by like the end of March, I would guess. Okay. And have you met any of the girls there yet or? Yeah, I've met, I've met pretty much all the ones that are here. So that's been nice. I mean, we're trying to find ways to, you know, safely hang out because it is like, pretty much just a lockdown situation because you don't want to be the one to give the team COVID or something. So we've all been laying pretty low, but we did, we have gotten together um, as safely as we can. Yeah. Is New York still, um, do you have to quarantine when you come into the state of New York still? I don't think so. I, um, it depends on where you're coming from, but I think if you're within the States, you just have to have a test in the state you're coming from before you get here. Okay. okay. Yeah. So Kodak, I don't know if you know that, but the, all of the States are different in that regard. Yeah. Like you can fly into Arizona right now and like, it's fine. You can fly from anywhere. Yeah. I think beyond the federal uh, mandates of getting tested before you enter the U S but um, I, I remember hearing that New York, if you were going to New York, you had to either have a negative test or quarantine or both, yeah. I guess. So, so the U S is not playing all, they're uh, just playing in their regions. So who do you guys, who's in your region? Oh my gosh, ours is super tough. We've got like the penguins and the capitals and New Jersey Islanders. Um, yeah. I just feel like we've been playing those, those teams for like, yeah. Now, so. Oh, it's like never ending. It's like, Oh, you guys again. <laughs> I keep wondering if the if the intensity and the animosity between the teams is going to build like it does in the playoffs. You know, by game yeah. seven, you are over it with each other, and it's yeah. sick of someone shit on the other team. You're just sick of it. Yeah. Like I don't want to see you again. I just like <laughs> exactly. Okay, so why did your dad call you Wheezy when you were a kid? <laughs> I don't. I don't know, and I don't think he knows. Like. He literally calls me Wheezy more than he calls me like Keisha. I don't know the last time I heard him like refer to me in my given name. He'll call me Wheezy or Keish, which is like what a lot of people call me. But yeah, I don't know. 
we I don't know. I love it. Like it's also what's that one? Like obviously Lil Wayne, but then the one character on Toy Story is Wheezy. <laughs> like, the toy like, that has asthma. <laughs> yeah, he's always like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, okay, so. I don't even have asthma. I I I don't like wheeze when I breathe. I don't know why he called me Wheezy, but it stuck, and he still does. So that's so, so cute. Maybe you were just like tiny, like a little wee thing, and he. No, I was a tank when I was. Were you? Really? I was like almost nine pounds, I think. Wow, and you're like five. What are you, five three? Yeah, I'm five three. Five three, according to your stats on on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> five three, according five, to creeping. Yeah, <laughs> according to Google Creep, Bridget. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Hey, I have to tell you. So you've also posted some recipes. Guess what I did last night? What? what? I was in the kitchen and I made something that you recommended you um, made I, something yeah I cooked something Keisha I don't I'm not was a it, great was cook, it turkey right? bacon did you just have to put that on the pan no smart ass I made sweet potato fries and your avocado dip yum great oh, choice that yes. sounds good it was really good Could I should try it I have to say this this is so I I'm not a great I'm not great in the kitchen I have some staples and off I go but I remember seeing you had posted something like that looks amazing. I'm going to give that a shot. So last night I did. And what I suck at though, is reading all of the directions before I go. So I'm getting everything together and then I'm ready. And, and then I see the note that says to put the sweet potato fries in ice water for an hour before you bake uh, them. I was like, fuck sakes. I just wasted <laughs> so much time. Yeah. So I made them anyhow and nobody ate them, but me because dinner was like an hour before I actually Oh, had them ready they're very tasty and i really love that avocado dip so thanks for the share is it like do you put it in a blender like is it easy easy it's easy i did not put it in a blender okay. um see people I always send, it. people always send me recipes i also i just do not yeah we're not for anything really and people <laughs> always send me recipes i'm like the fuck am i gonna do with this like what like <laughs> thanks like i don't know i'm not doing anything with this no, I like I shared some recipes, but I'm not the best recipe follower. Like I'd rather like just make things on my own and wing it. Um, so it's actually hard for me when people ask me for a recipe for something because I'm like, well, now I have to think about like how much of something I actually used or like oh. what ingredients actually went into this. But um, yeah, no, I like to I like to wing it. And with baking and things like that, you you can't do that. No, so. not with baking. <laughs> I actually did something wrong too. I think I heated both oils together and after like, cause I just dumped it all in and then I read the directions, which is why I typically fail at things like this, but it still was good. And I was like, damn it. The house smelled really good. My kids thought I was in there like creating a masterpiece and and no, and no, I enjoyed it. But I even took a picture and the whole time I always think like, I'm so bad at posting like I don't post these things because I'm so bad at it, but I don't know how people video themselves doing all these things in the kitchen. And how do you do that? Do you have to wear a GoPro? Cause I, I took a picture <laughs> like, and you have to get a stand. just wear a helmet. Oh, a stand. I do, but I don't know. <laughs> you guys would have died. I took a photo of it. So just so I could share it with both of you at some point in the future. Oh, um, I'm such a good photographer for Insta food as well. <laughs> plating uh, is your specialty so uh, help me I'm sure I'm sure it's great oh my god now I have honestly Keisha I have can I call you Keisha like we're yeah. best buddies um okay I have freaking freak a leak stuck in my head now because 
<laughs> Again, I, I'm gonna have to go listen to it and then just get it out of my system. A throwback, I know. Have you and Riley done a duet to that? No. Oh, <laughs> no can we, we talk about your duets? We haven't even gotten there. There's yes. so many layers to you. You're so awesome. You guys are so <laughs> talented. Uh, is there anything you don't do? Seriously. Oh God. The girl sings. Uh -huh. You guys. She sings like a, like. You're such a great singer. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I've been trying to get better at like just accepting that as a compliment because I don't think I'm a good singer. Um, I think that our kitchen where we recorded those tracks had really nice acoustics. <laughs> but um, no, it's it's fun. Like we <laughs> we have little jam sessions even when we don't record them. So it's just something we like to do together. Riley's really good at the guitar, so yeah. he'll just sit down and play. And then cool. if I know the song, I'll just sing along. And sometimes he is like, oh, let's sing that. And sometimes he's like, can you stop? <laughs> oh, my gosh. You guys, seriously, you're so, yeah, it's amazing. You don't think you're a good singer, then Bridget and I can send you a video of us singing. And then <laughs> you'll know. <laughs> I was just about to say, Kodat, show her what a, what a not good singer sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> I can rap. How long ago did he propose that? Oh God. Okay. Um, this August will be three years. Oh wow. Okay. So you don't know when you can have a wedding then or? So we, we chose to push it to 2022, um, in January when we kind of found out the structure of this season, because we were supposed to get married June 25th of this summer. And we were going to do it in Niagara on the Lake in Canada. Um, and I was just like, A, I don't know when you're gonna be done with the season, and B, I don't know if my family and friends can even come, so let's just not deal with this. Um, mm -hmm. So we decided to push it. But I think he and I will just get married um, this summer on our own, just the two of us, to make it fair <laughs> for all the family members, um, and then just have our big celebration yeah. later on. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. That's a yeah. great idea. I have, I've seen a few people doing that this last year, and I think it, there's an added bit of magic to it, to be honest. It's not what everybody yeah. planned with their big weddings, but you kind of get this intimate, awesome ceremony that's really just about the marriage and getting mm -hmm. married, and then you get to celebrate um, with yeah. all your people when you can. So the girls in Buffalo are just kind of doing what you can to keep each other afloat. And Yeah, yeah, we almost every, well, most of the girls have a dog, so we've gone to like the dog park which is like typically the outing of the day which is nice because it's just an outdoor space where you don't have to worry about being like too close to people um so that's a consistent social interaction um but other than that it's been pretty sporadic like i mean obviously we had that little little uh blip with covid so everyone kind of was on lockdown for that but yeah everyone seems really great it's i mean you guys know it's just sometimes it's hard when you're yeah new and with this I can't even like go out of my way to hang out with people or like mm -hmm. you know I'm kind of introverted uh anyway so if I <laughs> no one pushes me to go do something with people I won't so mm -hmm. I'm like this is not the best scenario for my <laughs> my social life but it's been good so far everyone's pretty pretty sweet that's good it is tricky yeah. and when you're an introvert you kind of do need someone to yank you out because that's yeah. a, I don't know I feel like I'm we're just as far as talking about being independent, I'm pretty good on my own too. And I don't, yeah. I wouldn't consider myself an introvert, but I think I probably have some tendencies for sure. But I'm realizing in this last year that I need to be with some, I need to be with people. Like mm -hmm. I am making a huge effort to even just go for walks. Like, mm -hmm. I, and I, I would go by myself. Like Kodat would be like, you're so good at going for walks. So I just like headset out I go. And now I'm like, 
hey, so-and-so, do you want to go for a walk with me? Like Amanda Goligoski today, I'm like, hey, want to walk? Because I realized that I need some people. I need to, I need, I need somebody. House. This year's so hard. Like this is, like this time I'm usually getting ready to stay in your casita for a few days. Like, I'm I know. like, damn it. Like, I'm missing that stuff. Like, ugh, sucks. I'm a total okay. extra. So I'm going bananas. Yeah, I can imagine that's, I mean, I, I guess I'm a healthy mixture. Like mm -hmm. once, I, once I know people, I'm like, let's hang out. But this whole thing has just been weird because you can't even get to know people because mm -hmm. it's not like we're able to have team parties where like, you know, people actually yeah. have fun and show their true personalities at those events. So it's the process just takes longer. And then when you only have a get together <laughs> once a month or so, it's like, such a slow uh relationship building process so so people can follow you though on your instagram it's public right yeah yeah it's public. when what's your instagram handle it's keep up with quiche with right. only it's spelled k-e-c instead right. of yeah so i'm trying to just share things that are actually like helpful or positive or whatever so that's kind of my motivation with that but it's kind of blossomed into a space where i can share things i'm interested in so cool yeah i think you're doing a good job I think you're doing a great job. I've loved following. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thanks. I love following you too. <laughs> so entertaining. Thanks. <laughs> we try. We try a little. Codette's better than me. At what? At putting stuff out there. Oh, yeah. Because I'm out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we are so grateful that we got a chance to get to know you and sit here and chat. You're just awesome. Yeah, you are amazing. I'm glad that you know, bridge can push you into bragging a little bit more. <laughs> well, I appreciate you guys having me. I appreciate being flooded with compliments. You guys are like, I'm feeling so good leaving this conversation. Oh, you should. <laughs> you are amazing. Yeah. yeah. But I, I really appreciate what you guys do too. Kind of bringing the, the whole hockey community together, not just the current girls, but you know, girls from the past that have a lot of insight and helpful things to say to some of us who are flailing around currently so <laughs> i just really appreciate what you guys do and the energy you bring to it oh thanks so Thank much you. that's so sweet well we'll do it all together we'll just continue yeah. holding each other up that's what it's exactly. all about love it yeah well have a great um rest of the season and uh best of luck to riley and hopefully you find some uh fun things in buffalo yeah will do already found my favorite donuts so we're oh, set <laughs> nice what's that called paula's donuts if you're in buffalo <laughs> gotta try them out they're the best awesome hey and i hope your mom's doing well i think i saw too that your mom just had surgery so yeah. hope she's on the mend she will definitely listen to this so she'll be pumped for the, <laughs> for the cameo yeah she's good. Great. thank you oh good. cool all right well take good care good luck with everything i know that there's so much more um of you to come. I'm excited to see what your future brings. Mm -hmm. Can't wait thank to watch you grow more. Okay, Great. thank you. Bye. Thanks, Keish. Take care. Bye. You too. Bye. Thanks for hanging out. You've been listening to Our Hockey Life with Codette LaBarbera and Bridget Whitney. Join us next week when we get to introduce you to another great hockey friend. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Our Hockey Life and at Codette LaBarbera.